When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yo, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. I'm Patrick, and I'm joined once again by my friend, Mike Pasquale. What's up, Mike? Hey, guys. <laughs> I want to talk about uh, Summer League and some of the Warriors draftees. Uh, and I, I brought you on because uh, I know you watched a lot of it. <laughs> I watched some of it, but like, you know, you had some interesting takes by drafting pods and uh, uh and jackson davis i mean wh- what were your thoughts on those dudes in general uh when you watched them play i mean leading up to the draft i didn't really know much about about either of them um i guess starting with pods kind of when he got selected you know a lot of us were kind of like wondering if we should take Whitmore. but the the thing about pods they were saying is that he was supposed to be you know nba ready or at least more nba ready to fit kind of like Steph's timeline. Um, and uh, watching the games, it seems like, at least the summer league games, I was a little bit disappointed, to tell you the truth. Uh, I mean, I think he has potential, but as far as being NBA ready, kind of willing, uh, ready to contribute day one, I don't think he's quite there yet. I see him kind of in the G League for a little bit. Um, one of the things that I thought when looking at the draft, kind of like scouting, was he supposed to be, you know, a dead-eye shooter, you know, like a scorer, watching kind of him actually play in summer league, like he was far from that. Um, He seemed to be more of a playmaker, more of a combo guard, point guard, looking to pass first. I don't know if it was just kind of being a little gun-shy, being new or whatnot. Uh, Like I said, I didn't really follow him in in college. but he looked to be more like pass first. He would be driving to the rim, um, looking to pass. Mm. One of the things I did notice too, um, I kind of heard during the draft too, is that he was very, he's left-handed and he's very left-hand dominant. And mm. kind of like keep an eye, keep, keeping an eye on that during summer league, he does um, tend to kind of go to his left a lot, or at least go to his right and then try to spin back to his left. So he's kind of predictable. So I don't know how that's necessarily going to play out you know, once he hits like, you know, real NBA competition. Still think he's a good prospect. I mean, do you think his shot just it just wasn't going down for this stretch? Or do you think like was it something where the defenses were on him faster or he had to rush his shot or he just wasn't getting his open looks? It seemed like I mean, he wasn't even taking the shot. That was a huh. thing that kind of concerned me. Like, you know, when you, when you hear someone's like a dead eye shooter, you think they're gonna take every shot that they get. <laughs> um Yeah. But he's definitely like a little semi hesitant and then just kind of like saw the open person and would pass it to the open person right away. So yeah. he definitely was making like, I would say, the, ba- the right basketball play. Mm-hmm. But for someone mm-hmm. that I would think is going to contribute right away, he kind of just seemed like he lacked like that killer instinct of like, I'm going to score the ball. He just seems like he's going to be a, a G leader for most of the season. I mean, as guard heavy as the Warriors are right now. And to me, um, if they need a guy who's like, you know, quote unquote, dead eye shooter, uh, Lester Quinones is, is uh, way more 
playable than than him and obviously has more experience and uh just has a, a had a more impressive summer league overall from uh from distance um but do you think uh pods is uh you think he's better than uh not just to compare like you know uh white dudes to white dudes but like just because he was a recent pick uh do you think he's better than Nick Mannion was no yeah he's better than nico i mean he i think he i think yeah. he does have a better shot than nico okay um it's just i think he's not taking it i think he's just kind yeah. of he seems like he just wants to fit in um mm-hmm. like that kind of personality which may be mm-hmm. a good thing mm-hmm. for this team um mm-hmm. but yeah. he definitely seemed like one thing I did notice too, or did pick up on is like watching the games was one thing, but I saw like some video that the Warriors released uh, where he was mic'd up and he was, mm-hmm. I was actually very impressed with how, like how he was able to communicate with the team. He was like telling people to go in the right spot and like kind of doing kind of like the stuff you kind of hear Draymond say, like when he's mic'd up. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and yeah. I, that was very um, inspiring, inspiring. Yeah. Uh, I guess hopeful to me. Uh, mm-hmm. he at least had yeah. that like he knew what was going on i don't think the the one thing i think the warriors don't want is someone like even if they do want like a, a straight score or like a dead eye shooter they want someone that can still like flow in the offense and make the right read um mm-hmm. and that's something that i was able to pick up on kind of like through those like mic'd up clips and mm-hmm. i think in that sense i think they got the right guy i think they got someone that can like work within their offense, can learn it. Um, he's just maybe like a year or two away. <laughs> They've had a couple of year or two away guys for a <laughs> while. Um, but at least now they have, I guess, fewer of them, uh, which brings me to uh, uh, Jackson Davis, Trace Jackson Davis, who, I mean, after the Warriors picked him, uh, like I, I watched a bunch of highlights, like every Warriors fan probably did. And I was like, cool, you know, a 2010 guy at Indiana, four-year player. Uh, I don't know. This must be like the fifth or sixth next Draymond that the Warriors have drafted over the years, uh, whether it was like Jordan Bell, Eric Paschal, you know, uh, a Draymond type that never panned out. I mean, I, I like him, you know, like it, it sucks that the Warriors had to give up Patrick Baldwin Jr. to get him because I like Baldwin Jr., but – to me, it was pretty clear that the Warriors were trying to unload as many of the guys, the young guys from last season, because they just want to get the stink of last season and like reinstate uh, Draymond's leadership by getting rid of, you know what I mean? Like those yeah. guys experienced like this down year. So they're trying to just like get off of that completely. Tell me what you thought. Uh, I mean, I know he, he missed most of Summer League, but uh, what did you think when you saw him out there? Yeah, I mean, at least for this next coming season, I'm a lot higher on uh, Chase Jackson Davis than Pods is. I think he's definitely more NBA ready. I mean, like we said, mm-hmm. he's four years at Indiana. I think he's, what, 23 years old. He's definitely more mature, has more of a, I guess, you know, a manly body, not just like skinny kid from coming out of high school. Mm-hmm. Um, he, You kind of made that Draymond comparison or even like uh, Jordan Bell. I think he, I see a lot more skill than like a Jordan Bell. He's more yeah. than just like a dunker. He definitely, um, he's able to like pass, make the right. He kind of actually reminds me of uh, David West. Mm. Like um, not like a little more athletic David West, but like without kind of that consistent 
15 footer. He's definitely, um, mm-hmm. Trace Jackson Davis is definitely not a shooter, at least from the outside, but he's a good finisher around the rim. But what I kind of noticed that reminded me of David West was like his pick and roll game. He would, um, he like set a good screen and then get the ball and just kind of like find the right, uh, you know, person either at the three point line or kind of near the rim. Just kind of like that vision to kind of like see, you know, where the next pass is going to be. That was really mm-hmm. impressive. I think that's something that the Warriors haven't had in a long time, like a big man you know, with the ability to pass. Um, right. I know a lot of people made a comparison to like Looney. Maybe that's actually a good comparison, I would say. He's kind of like a more athletic Looney, um, mm-hmm. like somewhat undersized for a center, but still kind of like, uh, you know, a big that's going to like mm-hmm. stay down low. Um, he's a, he's good in the dunker spot. I saw a couple alley-oops where, you know, he was able to finish the lob. Uh, there was a, I think there was one play where it was like a bad kind of like lob pass and he was able to kind of like catch it and still kind of like kick it out to a three point shooter. I think he kicked it out to um, Lester and he like just drained a three. And I was like, well, he had like the body control to, you know, catch this pass. I was out of his reach. He couldn't finish it, but yet like kind of did a no look like out to the three point line. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh man, this guy, you know, he's definitely not, not a black hole. He definitely can yeah. shoot. He can only pass. He can shoot. Um, he too is also left-handed. Uh, I try to kind of um, pay attention if he was kind of like left-hand dominant, but he seemed like he was like finishing with both hands, you know, pretty easily. He's not as athletic as you would maybe want, but he's athletic enough. Did he uh, run the break at all? Did he house his handle? Uh, I saw like a lot of Indiana highlights where he was like running the break, but he didn't really do that much in summer league. Mm-hmm. Um, at least not that I noticed. You know, if he's a, a, a cross between Draymond and uh, and Looney, like I'll, I'll take that. I mean, uh, I saw him out there a little bit and I like his passing. I like his instinct. I think he could play in the flow of the Warriors um, offense. And uh, whereas like, you know, I always had high hopes for PBJ, but he was always still a project, right? Didn't play much his senior year in high school, didn't play much or well his freshman year. And then last year he just rode the bench. So like that whole time somewhere in Indiana, you know, Jackson Davis was getting playing time and at least Kerr is more likely to play this dude than, um, than Baldwin Jr. But uh, the thing to me is I was like, okay, you know, he's six, nine, maybe he looks like a big six, nine. He looked like a small six nine to me out there. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, I think. Yeah. His, I mean his his uh, his uh, what's it called his reach is over seven foot. I think his wingspan is pretty long, but yeah, height wise, he does look a little small. It's um, not explosive, mm-hmm. at least to NBA standards. Did you see any kind of a mid range from him? No, he didn't. He like David yeah, West. he yeah. That's what I was gonna say. He's David West without the jump shot. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> Like in game, I haven't seen it. I've seen it kind of like in highlights and um, kind of like practice settings. I've seen his shot, which doesn't look like he has bad form. Um, mm-hmm. But in mm-hmm. summer league, I think he was just like going straight to the rim type of. He was more of a finisher in summer league, to be honest. Right. What did you see from uh, Lester Quinones, who was signed to a two way with the hopes of potentially making the roster in training camp? And you know, uh, what are your thoughts on that, dude? I was impressed. I mean, he kind of like showed it last end of last season, at least some of the summer league, uh, not summer league, G League games that you know I kind of was trying to pay attention to. He's definitely mm-hmm. like out of like the G League kind of like summer league um, 
level of players, he's on the like upper echelon of that. Like I see him, like he has the confidence when he's playing against those guys where he's just like going up, shooting threes. He reminds I mean a lot, I think a lot of people are making these like poor man to Jordan Poole comparisons. And mm-hmm. I, I see it. I mean, um, maybe not as much as the passing, but at least the shooting. Like he was just like lighting it up, th- lighting it up from three. Um, the games I saw, I think one of the games, I think he was only like two for eight or something, or two for ten. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, he was shooting it like well beyond the line. Um, he looked like he had confidence. Uh, he was shooting over people. He was he was even going to the rim and finishing. Uh, my only hesitation with him is like. Yeah, you know, and a lot of people a lot of people do it in summer league. A lot of people yeah. do it in the G League, but you know, can you do it against top tier, you know, defense? And that's kind of yeah. like where I kind of like has a thing like I want to see improve it in the preseason, you know, against some better competition first. Because mm-hmm. well, he's uh, I believe like six four, um, so not necessarily the biggest guard, but uh, yeah. One thing that I did notice is that he doesn't fall down on every drive. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I'm, yeah. I'm good with that. So that instantly means he's a better defender because he's actually going to be on the other end <laughs> standing on his two feet instead of uh, letting the other team go uh, five on four like uh, uh, our man Jordan Poole did. But um, what do you see in uh, Quinones' uh, handle and his ability to get uh, you know to the bucket or, or pass guys? Because – that's the thing about pool. Like it's funny. Everybody talks about he's athletic, but like, he's not that athletic. He's just crafty. And he has like his patented moves, uh, which apparently involved carries this past season. Uh, and, uh, also people started to figure him out a little. So with Lester, do you see, um, do you see an ability to break guys, uh, get, get past dudes on the, uh, on the bounce, at least in, in summer league and G league stuff. Yeah. He was able to get, he was able to like kind of get by his man and get to the rim. Um, I think he's going to kind of have the same, actually, I even noticed he had some of the same kind of like almost carrying kind of moves that Jordan Poole has. I don't know if they, he learned that. Sweet. From Jordan. <laughs> um, but you know, he wasn't getting called for it. So hopefully he doesn't get called for it. You know, once he starts playing more, but yeah, I think he's gonna. He might have the same problem that Jordan Jordan had, which is finishing. Um, he doesn't mm-hmm. kind of get up off of the ground, um, you know, very high. Kind of, he's kind of like uh, under the basket kind of finisher. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. The, those kinds of finishers, man. Like that's that's where the Warriors. I always said they didn't get foul calls because so much of the contact was so much down low, and a lot of times refs let that go. Whereas if you get up higher. Um, and it comes at the hand or at the basket, uh, at the rim, then, you know, you can, you can probably get more calls that way. But when you're just kind of like trying to scoop it past, you know, some big man's arm, it's like all the contact that happens mm-hmm. with the legs or the hips, uh, pool fell down a lot when he didn't have to, but there were times when of course he got knocked down. He didn't get the call. It happens to Steph all the time too. Um, but, uh, do you, do you see, Lesser potentially getting that 14th spot. Uh, I mean, with the two way contract, I think he's definitely at least going to go back and forth up, uh, you know, from sure. the G league. Yeah. I, I actually am excited for him though, because what I do think the Warriors need is just kind of like that more youthful kind of hungry energy. And I think he mm-hmm. can fit that mold. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of like the way their roster is kind of like shaping out. I feel like they still need kind of like one more, 
like go to score like microwave mm. type off of the bench. And I think um I think he would fit that kind of role pretty well, assuming he can do it against you know better comp. But yeah. His yeah, shot though, yeah. that's what that's what I kind of the more the most impressed with. His three point shot just looks like it's he has so much confidence in it right now where he's just shooting it and it's going in. Are you a Warriors fan who's also a San Francisco Giants fan like me? Then this message is for you. What will the Giants do with the trade deadline? Can they make a deep postseason run? Could Patrick Bailey be the next Buster Posey? These are the questions that keep Brian Murphy and Doug Bruzzoni awake at night, and twice a week, they voice their thoughts on these matters and more as hosts of Giants Croncast, the San Francisco Giants podcast on Fans First Sports Network. Brian and Doug are bloggers who've been on the Giants beat for a decade, and every Monday and Thursday, they assess the state of the roster, the thinking behind the front office's decisions, and the quality of the farm system. It's a comprehensive look at the orange and black. Giants Croncast, the first, best, and only podcast you'll need about the San Francisco Giants right here on Fans First Sports Network and available wherever you get your podcasts. So it's early. It's July. It's mid-July. We're far away from anything interesting happening. Uh, People are just, you know, trying to make up stories and and talk about whatever, Mm -hmm. but you know, there's a lot that still needs to happen, uh, training camp, you know, other signings, whatever, but how are you feeling about this, about this team right now? Do you, I guess, first question is, do you think they're better than last season? Yeah. I mean, I think they're better, but it's always the caveat of health, right? <laughs> it's like, uh, mm-hmm. if you kind of just go like one by one of like, who's replacing who, uh, you know, obviously EP3 is replacing Jordan Poole. I think that's an upgrade. Um, at least for they for what they wanted Jordan to do, which is run the second unit and then provide kind of like some stability off of the bench, um, which he didn't really do at all last year, which is you know probably one of the main reasons they were disappointed in him. Um, but I think CP3 can definitely do a better job there. So I think that's an upgrade, um, assuming health. Um, Corey Joseph is kind of like what I'm seeing as the... Um, <laughs> I mean, not necessarily uh, one of my players I didn't like, which is uh, Ty Jerome. <laughs> so I think that's an upgrade. Uh, yeah. I think uh, yeah. He, he can, he can, the reason I feel like Kerr liked Ty Jerome, not necessarily because of his skill, but uh, it was just more the fact that he didn't turn the ball over a lot and kind of like trust them to not do something stupid. Um, mm-hmm, I think this mm-hmm. is kind of like what they're trying to slot in for like Corey Joseph. So I think that's an upgrade. But, uh, you know, Pajemski is um, kind of seeing as like a replacement for Dante DiVincenzo. So I think maybe Dante is, you know, better than uh, yeah. Pajemski, <laughs> at least at this point in his career. So that's yeah. going to be a, a downgrade. Jackson Davis is probably Jermichael Green's replacement. I think he's going to be able mm. to contribute more than Jermichael Green, at least kind of like down low and being able to kind of be in the second unit and you know, still flowing the offense and not, he's not going to be the three point shooter to Michael Green is, but at least as far as rebounding, finishing at the rim, you know, like that extra big off of the bench. I think that's mm-hmm. an upgrade. And then you got Sarge. And then Sarge, yeah, Sarge is probably, actually, that's probably more of the Jermichael Green replacement, just kind of like camping out at the three point line, um, mm-hmm. hitting the open shot. And then you got um, Jackson Davis is maybe. One of those guys is either one Sarge or Davis is taking like Lamb's role. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> yeah. 
So I think we went uh, from a lot of young players. I think Steph mentioned it too. Like this team's just a lot more mature. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely think they're better again, caveat of health. And, and um, I, I talk about this too, especially like in the West um, there's some, really veteran laden teams that are dependent on health, like the Lakers, the Warriors, the Suns. Um, and I think whoever, whoever like comes out, I mean, can, can get to the playoffs healthy and with fresh, the freshest legs that they'll have the best chance. you know, like that's what happened in, in 2022. Right. Um, and of course, like, you know, the nuggets are young still. And so are the, uh, the Kings and the Grizzlies, but, you know, I, I think the Warriors are, are better, uh, you know, largely because, you know, you look at all the things that were problematic. I think Dunleavy touched on this a little bit, but if you just look at, you know, everybody talks about CP3 and will he fit? And, you know, I've, I've discussed this before. We're like, you know, with Jordan Poole, the Warriors, they, were predictable with their second unit because he could plug in and he could do what Steph or what Clay does. So there were never any other looks like Livingston, the David West looks, you know what I mean? Um, so now they have Chris Paul who could run pick and roll, who could be a little bit more ball dominant and run just a stable, stable offense. So fewer turnovers, better, more stable second unit play, assuming he's going to be, well, he'll definitely be in there with the second unit. A uh, question of whether or not he's going to start is still on the table. And I think that if you, if you look at the, the core, you know, like clay for as much flack as he's caught, uh, he was bad in that Lakers series, but he was really good up until game six of the first round, right? He was playing really well in those first five games Game six, everybody stunk. Game seven, that was Steph's game. And then Lakers series was just bad. But if, if you know, like if he's still who he was for the most part last season, same with Steph, you know, Draymond, yes, uh, then cool, you know? And then if you look at the record, I mean, you just have to, you have to toss the road record last season, right? Because, yeah, they're so bad on the road. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, people were theorizing that other teams, yes, they're getting up for the champs. Oh, they were just shooting so much better against the Warriors. You know, the you know, home teams. Do, but basically, the Warriors just didn't like each other. They didn't enjoy being around each other. And that that mojo, even though, like, the, the, the team, the organization was gaslighting everybody, saying, like, no, no, it's not that. It was that. So you have to scrap that. And unless Draymond punches somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> or Chris Paul and Draymond don't get along or something, then you have to assume that that road record is going to be like much, much better. And so, you know, I think that they're up there. I mean, I was surprised. I don't know if, if you saw on the athletic that uh, some writer ranked them third in the league. Uh, I, I'd have to see it first. They could be depending on how they, you know, like how those legs are on all those dudes. But now I put them top five, top six, you know, in the yeah. whole NBA at this point. And if to me, like it also it's, it's health, but also like if Kaminga and Moses Moody, if they break right, you know what I mean? If they actually get playing time, if the best versions of themselves, like the Moody we saw in the playoffs and the Kaminga we saw before Wiggins and Gary Payton came back, uh, 
the the Kaminga that was getting 25 plus minutes a game, then oh, I think they're I think they're good. I I think they're better. Uh, and I've said this on on the group text. Like I think they're better already than the 2022 team uh, because that team was not a world beating team. That was like yeah, a team that had some good matchups and Steph played on otherworldly in a lot of games and then Wiggins in uh, some other series. Uh, but the unfortunate thing is like the rest of the league, the top of the rest of the league is, <laughs> is better than 2022. Right? <laughs> yep. Yeah. But I think you touched on a couple of things though, that one Wiggins missed like two months last year. Like if he didn't miss that two months, um, who knows what, our, what our record would have been. Um, and mm-hmm. then the other thing is the whole Kaminga Moses Moody kind of, um growth i think with chris paul he's gonna make a really big difference with those two guys uh what i was kind of like thinking back on last year kaminga kind of really flourished when wiggins was out because he was playing a lot with the starters and he kind of like found his little you know niche playing with those guys um but when he kind of went back to the bench is kind of when he started to struggle more because i think he felt like on the bench squad like i gotta be the dude um kind of like more of that and then kind of almost also competing with Jordan Poole, who kind of was just like super ball dominant, not really wanting or not necessarily wanting, but not really focusing on kind of like setting up the rest of the team. So mm-hmm. kind of like the way I see Chris Ball, you know, he's the you know ultimate point guard where he's gonna be just like setting up his teammates. So he's gonna be putting, you know, Kaminga Moody just like in a really good position to make the game easy for them, basically. I think that's what they need. They need someone to kind of like make the game easier for them. And kind of like what I was noticing last year, not that even Moody got a lot of playing time, but whenever at least Poole and like Kaminga were on the floor, it almost seemed like a competition of like who's going to outshine who. So yeah, like those kind yeah. of, those things combined, I think, you know, those guys are going to be better. Wiggins, of course, is hopefully going to play more along, you know, Ironman 82 games or at least 70 something that he's kind of been known for throughout his career. Um, yeah, and and I mean they get a full season of a hopefully healthy Gary Payton the second. You know, I mean I yeah. think that ha- having him only for like a smidgen of the end of the season, and then he wasn't a hundred percent. You know, I don't know if it's I don't know if he's just hitting thirty and his athleticism's going, or that uh, core muscle injury uh, hindered his uh, leaping ability and, and and quicks. But you know that that helps as as well. And you're right. Like, I think the, the on-court chemistry and the facilitation, um, I don't remember <laughs> Jordan Poole trying to set up anybody. You know what I mean? Yes, he would pass. Yes, he would drive and kick. But, uh, you know, it's it's something that uh, I think definitely the uh, the young dudes will, uh, will benefit. Do you think they're better than 2022? Yeah, I mean, I think they're better than 2022. I would only say um, one thing that kind of like kind of has me worried is the coaching staff this year. We lost like mm-hmm. a lot of people on the coaching staff um, and kind of like how to find those replacements. I don't think they've mentioned like who's going to replace who, but like losing Mike Brown last year, you know, was a big hit. And then again, mm-hmm. this off season that we just had now or having now, I think we lost like two or two, I think two assistants. Um, and also, you know, what they lost uh, Jama, and also that guy Nick Uren, yeah, right. And he went to the um, was it WNBA? The, yeah, and um, he was the one that famously came up with uh, 
was it uh, Andrew Bogut guarding um, Tony Allen? Yeah, Tony Allen. So, you know that that was uh, that was that was his idea. What grade at this point do you put on the Warriors uh, off season? I give it a B. I give it a solid B. I mean, nothing too splashy, but they, you know, good at it. their team's better, so you can't really say you know to see to me C's. You're just kind of as good as you were last year. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've uh, I've given them a B plus. Uh, once they got Saric, it, it bumped up to a B plus for me. And uh, you know, um, I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to to the season starting. We didn't talk about uh, Saric that much. I mean, I think a lot of us were kind of on pins and needles, hoping he would sign. Um, kind of kind of got lost in the shuffle because of summer league. But I'm pretty excited for him too. I mean, I didn't really watch him a lot last year, but kind of based on pre-injury he seems like he's fits the role of kind of what we had in um bellinelli or not bellinelli yeah. um Bell- <laughs> yeah bellinelli <laughs> um bellinelli who a couple years ago didn't want to sign back with the warriors yeah i mean um i mean that that's huge right like i, I think just having a big in general another big yeah. uh, even though he's not like somebody who's going to pound inside he's just another big body and then somebody who can play with chris paul who's played with chris paul before uh who can shoot from outside uh also has health issues but you know can can pass and and uh will be good in the warriors offense and then also like in pick and roll stuff so uh, i'm actually really looking forward to to this version um of the team and it, you know the the vets got what they wanted they got a quote-unquote more mature team and they unloaded uh some of the young guys who were just you know projects not because those kids aren't good but because circumstances and Kerr made them projects and all that stuff i'm encouraged you know i'm looking forward to training camp even though that's what a couple months away um i don't even know i'm gonna talk about it for all the rest of the time. <laughs> yeah everyone's on um, vacation <laughs> Yeah. Cool, man. Um, thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me. And uh love to talk to Warriors. Love to talk any kind of like barrier sports. So it's always a pleasure. All right. Well, that is another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Feel free to hit me up on Twitter at Patrick E. Pino or at Oakland Warriors. Check out our YouTube channel where you can watch this episode, youtube.com slash Oakland Warriors. Check us out at oaklandwarriors.com and be sure to tell your fellow warrior fan friends to tune in and listen. The Oakland Warriors podcast is produced by National Folk Society. And if you're so inclined, please do leave us a five-star rating on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And if you want to leave us a nice review saying good stuff about the show on Apple Podcasts, that would be hugely, hugely appreciated and it would be very, very helpful. Thanks. That's it. Music in this episode provided by Paper Sun. Special thanks to Paul Amardo for production support. See you next time. <laughs>